We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's that time. It's week three NFL podcast time. Joined today, as always, on the NFL podcast by my buddy Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, week two in the books. Uh, my main lineup, not great. Had some really good tournament lineups. Main lineup, eh, we could do better. We could do better, but uh, good tournament lineups definitely held me up. Um, like a 5x weekend for me because of tournaments so i'm not mad about that um how was your week two of the nfl season week two was another really good one for me um a nice sunday slate i my main lineup had jamar chase as well which it's tough scenes out there for for cincinnati right now um chase did not work out so well for me but i i also had some some really nice tournament lineups um i had in the spy, I had a Mahomes stack. Unfortunately, Kelsey didn't quite do enough. Uh, still 3X there because I had Christian Kirk running that back off of the very popular Calvin Ridley. Uh, had Nico Collins in that lineup. 
unfortunately also had David Montgomery in that lineup who who got hurt. There's a ton of injuries this week that we're going to have to talk about. Um, but then the Monday night slate was was really good for me as well. Um, had a couple of really nice tournament teams there. Obviously not as good as Squirrels, who uh, took down the Millie Maker. Good, good for Squirrel. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Love to see stuff like that. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday on the baseball podcast. Just um, in a great lineup. <clears throat> it's one of those, like, you're really glad that you followed your plays that you talked about kind of lineup. Because um, <laughs> it was everything that he had talked about on the, the show right before. And, I mean, luckily for him, we got another two-game Monday night football slate coming up uh, this week. And we get to go back to those Bengals again um, going up against the Rams. So <laughs> that would be that would be fun. But, yeah, I had a ton. I ended up with a ton of Nico Collins last week. Uh, he was not one of the pieces that hurt me. Um, he had a fantastic game. He's someone we're going to talk about on the podcast today for next week's slate or this week's slate. So, um, I mean – Overall, like my main lineup was just killed by Kelly and I shouldn't have played him anyway. We talked about it on the show last yeah. week that Kelly was a bad play. And in my head, I just was like, man, he's going to get six, eight targets. And I went with the the passing game at 5K look and should have switched to Williams when all the acres news came out and didn't do it. And I, I, I mean, it's just one of those things where you're like, I made a mistake on my main team and it cost me. So um etn having cramps early going out of that game didn't help either um because i had a ton of etn we talked about him a lot so um yeah we're we're moving on we got week three you already you already said it man we have a lot of injuries to be watching so like real first look this week instead of like hammering home a lot of stuff that i like love it's like we're going to be talking a lot about injuries as we're going as well what's up youtube hope you're having a fantastic wednesday night just posted the morning grind game for week three. If you want to join in on that, it's like a $5 entry pays out like 10 or 15 spots, um, hundred hundred entry. So come over, hang out. Um, I, I typically play like my main tournament lineup in that. So you, all you cash game people can crush me every single week that my main tournament lineup doesn't do well. So, um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Have some fun here. We're going to start at, Cleveland, we got Tennessee at Cleveland. This game has a 39 and a half total. Cleveland is favored by three and a half. Pretty sure this game opened at 40. Has been bet down a little bit um, already. So looking at the Tennessee side of this game, I'll be honest, Keith, I was looking at this slate and I was like, man, this is probably one of my least favorite games, um, just in general. There's just not a love, a lot, a lot, a lot that I love here. Um, is there anything like jumping off the page to you here for Tennessee? Nothing really that I'm liking on this Tennessee side. This Cleveland defense has has looked really good. It's only two games, really small sample, obviously. Um, so take keep that in mind. Um, but I just I don't have a ton of faith in this this Tennessee offense. Um, they they just run the ball so much. Henry Henry is priced up in a tougher matchup. Really don't know how to handle handle the wide receivers. Hopkins five targets last week after the 13 target game in week one. So. Sad to see a little bit of a dip there. Um, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm just I'm not really interested in this game. Obviously, we have to talk about the running situ running back situation on the other side. But um, yeah, I, I'm not excited by like I think Akonko is a, a, a talented tight end. He did catch four passes, but on on four targets, didn't do a whole lot with them though. So I'm I'm just not excited about this Tennessee offense in this spot. It's kind of how I feel. Um, just nothing like jumping off the page to me um i will say like hopkins even with the like 
limited targets last week. He still has a 29% target share through two games. Um, he's running a ton of routes, like 78% of the dropbacks he's been running a route on. So he would be the uh, like he'd be the target for me if I was going to target anybody here. And it's more of just like they're going to be playing from behind in this game kind of build. Um, I think that Cleveland controls this game with their really good defense and Tennessee's offense is not great. So could see Henry having a big game. If I was going to play Derrick Henry, probably more of a Fanduel play, just trying to chase that like two touchdown game. Um, but yeah, I mean the Cleveland, Cleveland run defense is really good. They're allowing sixty five rushing yards per game through the first two games of the season. So um, it, it's still very very small sample size. But I mean, this is a defense that was really good last year too. Titans um, defense on the other side of this game, Cleveland. Um, I mean, this the situation just stinks, man. Nick Chubb, hope him hope for a very fast recovery. I've read stuff that like it could be like season or like career ending injury. Um, I mean, it did not look pretty. I didn't want to see it. Thank you to whoever posted in the NASCAR chat. Um, <laughs> I avoided it. I avoided avoided social media until I saw it in the NASCAR chat. Um, but I mean, we know what we're getting, right? Jerome Ford is going to be the lead back, probably play like 65 to 70% of the snaps. It's a, it's a terrible matchup. Tennessee is a pass funnel. Um, you know, this is the same thing that we talked about last week with Kelly. Um, this is a pass funnel defense. Like what are we doing here with this running back situation? Well, it gets even more convoluted because now they've signed Kareem Hunt. Um, don't yeah, know if you we, saw that. We don't really expect Kareem Hunt to come in after not touching anything for the preseason and take more than like 15, 25%, right? Probably not. If he was coming from a different team or something like that, I would completely agree with you. But the fact he's been in the system for what, four years he was on Cleveland? Yeah. He knows the playbook. He can certainly walk in and, and know the offense. It's just what kind of shape is he in is really the biggest question. And we don't know that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like we just stay away from this one in tournaments. Ford's probably a cash game play. He's only 4,800. Um, that's just like, we rarely get this 4,000, $4,500 running back anymore because the sites do a pretty decent job of, of pricing guys up with injuries, but this was a Monday night game and the Chubb injury happened after the slate was already released. So one of the cheapest running full-time running backs you're going to see all season long in, in Ford. I, same conversation as, as Josh Kelly last week, though. Just I don't like the matchup for him on the ground at all. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that if Kareem Hunt does see a role, it could be in the passing game. Ford did see four targets last week after after Chubb left the game. Um, but that's kind of the role that Kareem Hunt played in this offense before. So a little bit concerned about, about that. Um, yeah, I just this this game is not exciting. But this running back situation is obviously going to be a decision point because Ford is so cheap. Now we have Kareem Hunt to deal with as well. Like if Ford's going to be popular, I I don't hate a couple of darts on Kareem Hunt if he catches a four or five balls and finds the end zone. That that's plenty for forty six hundred. So my thought process here is Watson's cheap. Um, Watson's cheap and like Cooper's cheap. Um, Elijah Moore is cheap. Njoku's cheap. This is such a heavy pass funnel. Like, why don't we just look at the passing game? And and I don't even know if you necessarily need to play Watson. Um, I think Amari Cooper, like he still, I was shocked he even played last week. But I mean, he was and played a he lot. Was, 
he was limping around the field just doing his thing. <laughs> but I, he was I mean, out there. And if he's going to play through that, I mean, um, what's to say that, like, he's not going to come out and play again? So my my biggest concern with, like, Ford outside of ownership is he just got, like, the best matchup on the slate. Like, he just faced Pittsburgh. They're the worst run defense in the league so far this season. They are, they've been atrocious against the run. Now he's going up against a team that's really good against stopping the run. Um, and, like, even Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been, like, a middle-of-the-road run defense for, like, a year and a half or a year and two weeks or whatever. And he averaged 2.4 yards per carry against a mediocre run defense. Like, what is he going to do against a really good run defense? Um, again, I'll say, like, the, the like – analytics side of this is cleveland's not really a great run blocking team anyway and the ownership potentially keeps me off forward but if he falls into the end zone at 4800 you're playing catch up so um and he'll and if this game if it stays close he gets a few catches out of the backfield as well i mean it's a tough situation i'm with you i think cash games it's not even a kind of a decision it's just hey uh, he's too cheap but in tournaments, I could definitely see being underweight on him and being overweight on Cooper um, or Elijah Moore. I, I think Elijah Moore is, and they're just so both so cheap that Elijah Moore didn't have like this stellar game against Pittsburgh last week, but he had nine targets and his target share is almost identical to Cooper at what, $1,500 less so or $1,000 left. So I, I think either one of these pass catchers is how I would probably approach Cleveland here and the Cleveland defense. I think the Cleveland defense is really in play this week. Yeah, I like the Cleveland defense call. I like the passing game call, too. I'm, my biggest concern is Deshaun Watson just might not be good. I know he's had two tough spots to open the year, but and if he doesn't do it in this spot, then I'm, I'm officially writing him off for this season, I think. This, it's a fantastic matchup. Like you mentioned, Tennessee, a, a major pass funnel defense, excellent against the run, terrible against the pass. I like Njoku. Cooper being a little bit banged up. But still seeing 10 targets is – I'm not sure what to do with that. I, I'm not an Elijah Moore fan. I just I, – he's done nothing with the opportunity he's been given. I know he's had some bad quarterback play in New York. Um, and which just – this offense wasn't that great last year. Um, there's certainly upside for him. The price is nice. But it's – I'm just a little bit concerned that this Cleveland passing attack is, is any good. If Cooper were healthy, I would absolutely love him in this spot. I will say like it's it's a positive it's a positive for me anyway that last week was a really close game and Watson threw 40 times. Um and like he, he threw 29 times in the game that they really controlled from start to finish against Cincinnati. So I think 30 pass attempts plus is enough opportunity for either one of these or any three of the pass catchers if we do think it's going to be a competitive game. All right, moving on. We got one of the games of the week. Uh, we have a lot of good games on the slate. Like we we like talked about the last couple of weeks how there were like one, maybe two, maybe three like stackable games. We have like four or five stackable games this week. So we talked about the late afternoon window going back to last week that was just kind of blah, and it just absolutely went off. Just yeah, that was, that was that was wild. But it wasn't fun to watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, Keith knows because we were talking about it the other day. I needed James Connor to do anything in the fourth quarter of that football game, and he got like six yards rushing. Um, like anything, and they just like, hey, we're just gonna give you the game back, uh, because we really don't want to win this year. But this game's fantastic. We got Chargers at Minnesota. 
Um, big total on this one, 53 and a half. Chargers, a one and a half point favorite. Um, everything, um, everything, and then everything again. So let's talk about this game as a whole. We'll start with the Chargers side. Eckler did not practice Wednesday. They still are not giving him a like time timeline. It was a from what I read, it was a pretty tough like ankle sprain, and it sounded like he was going to be out multiple weeks. Um, so I'd be shocked if Eckler plays this week. It does matter because I actually do like the idea of going back to Kelly this week in a much better matchup than what he had last week against Tennessee. And I mean, Allen Herbert Williams, this is just a spot that I absolutely love the passing attack here. Yeah. We're looking at a 54 point total here. So the highest total of the year so far, um, the Eckler news is definitely something to monitor. I'm, I'm right with you. I think Josh Kelly is a fantastic guy to go back to. Um, I just, I don't have any faith in this Minnesota defense at all. Love the passing attack for the Chargers. Herbert double stacks will be a, a massive part of my my portfolio. We've seen this this role for Keenan Allen. Um, he's getting targeted further down the field. Two touchdowns last week. He's had at least nine targets in both games, which he we, he always gets the targets. But getting a, a little bit deeper down the field, nice to see the touchdowns. But that's obviously a, a highly variant thing. Uh, but Herbert double stacks with with Allen and Williams. I'll, I'll mix in a little Everett as well. Um, if, if Eckler sits, I'm going, I'm going right back to Kelly. I think he's a much better play this week than he was last week. And like Baker Mayfield played terrible the whole first half of that game against um, Minnesota week one and still had a decent game. Like Hertz lit him up. Um, they just don't have any pass rush whatsoever. Like on pro football focus, they have him graded as like the third lowest pr- pressure to quarterback so far. And it's, we talked about it a lot last year, how they like struggled to pressure quarterbacks. If you give Justin Herbert a ton of time, he's going to throw for 300 plus yards and a couple or a few touchdowns against you. I mean, he's just, he's going to light you up. He has too many weapons. I mean, we obviously, we talk about like Allen and Williams. We can talk about Everett. Um, it's not even talking about like how talented like Quinton Johnston is. And like Palmer is very capable. Like he has way too many weapons. If you're giving Herbert too much time, he's going to light you up. So a lot of interest in the passing game. Also, like I said, if Eckler's out, um, very interested in going back to Kelly this week. I think it's a much better matchup this week than he had last week. So um, Chargers defense is kind of bad this year too. You know, overall, they allowed the most passing yards. I know it was a lot of that was Tua just absolutely lighting them up. But um, I mean, this is a spot where I think Kirk Cousins has a really good game. And I think Jefferson this week has to be a priority and he's a priority every week. Don't get me wrong, but this might be one of those weeks that we're just saying, Hey, we're going to play some of these cheap running backs. We're going to play some cheap tight ends and we're going to make sure that we're getting in Justin Jefferson. Cause I mean, his his ceiling is like 35 plus here. Um, and his floor is probably like 20 plus cause <laughs> Kirk cousins just loves this guy. And why wouldn't you, but 28% target rate through the first two games, running routes on 95% of the dropbacks, highest rate in the NFL for a wide receiver for the first two games. Um, there's no reason not to have interest in Jefferson, but we could definitely talk about like Addison and uh, KJ Osborne, Hawkinson to run like a three-man. Because, I mean, if you're stacking, I definitely don't mind the idea of a three-man stack here. Uh, but Jefferson has to be at the top of the list for Minnesota this week. Yeah, Jefferson's the, the best play on the slate, best spend up on the slate for sure. Um, 
everyone, like you said, it's just play play as as much of this game as you can fit in. I I don't even hate going um, five five deep on this game. So quarterback and two pass catchers and running it back with two on the other side. I think that this fifty four point total is totally justified, and it, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see the game go over that total. Um, outside of Jefferson, Addison is is fantastic. Um, five targets last week after after six in week one. KJ Osborne, don't forget about him though. You mentioned him, but six targets in both of the first two games, and he's um, dropped he's, two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, he still has a role here for sure. As much as Jefferson gets, and as as much as we expect Addison to be involved, Osborne is is still in this game. Minnesota is just not afraid to throw it all over. Hawkinson is like he's expensive, but um, eight and nine targets through the first two weeks tight end with a, a massive role, two touchdowns last week. Don't expect that again, but he, he definitely is going to get targeted here. I think the sneakiest play in this game might be Alexander Madison. He has looked terrible so far this season. Yeah. Um, we're not sure that he's good, but the chargers run defense has been bad for, for several seasons. Now I, I'm probably going to play some Alexander Madison and he's a guy that I fade all the time when he's popular, but I think he gets lost. Like people are going to want to be on, Jefferson first and then Cousins in the passing the whole passing game after that I think Madison kind of falls by the wayside here um I'm probably gonna have quite a bit of Madison yeah I'm gonna have just so much exposure to this game in general um KJ Osborne at 4k I think is a really sneaky like he's still wide receiver too we all want it to be Addison and you know we everybody that drafted best balls definitely wanted to be Addison. But I mean, if we're looking at the statistics and snaps and how many routes they're running and stuff, KJ Osborne is still the second guy here. He's run a route on 86% of the dropbacks this season compared to Addison's 66%. So um, I think Addison has a higher ceiling, but like I said, like KJ Osborne has dropped two touchdowns this year. Um, One of them was a really good defensive play. I'll give him that. He should have caught the other one. Um, but I think this is just one of those games where, like you said, you can go five deep on either side quarterback. Like that's the best thing about yeah. this game is you can go Herbert or Cousins in this game and, and just load up on pass catchers. And then, like, if you want to build some contrarian teams, like Madison and Kelly, these are two of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So. Both teams are going to have no trouble moving the football. This is going to be a high-scoring, fast-paced game, um, and it's just DFS goodness. So um, definitely one of the games that I have circled, and everyone should have this game circled. Uh, It's not like a secret. Atlanta at Detroit. Um, I'm really, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this game as a whole. 46 and a half total. uh, Detroit, a three and a half point favorite. We'll start with the Atlanta Falcons. 2-0 2-0 Atlanta Falcons. Let's add that in there. Um, Desmond Ritter like had some design runs last week. He ran the ball 10 times against Green Bay. Uh, much more competitive game than what we saw in week one against Carolina. I don't know if that's like going to be a norm. They threw the ball 32 times. Um, in that game, they were playing from behind. So we got to, I think we got to kind of see what to expect from Desmond Ritter in like trailing games, like any game that you think they're going to be trailing their, their upside for like Drake London and Kyle Pitts goes a little bit higher, but I don't want to bury the lead. This is a phenomenal spot for Bijan Robinson. Um, just, just wanted to like not make sure I didn't bury the lead here. Bijan 
six and a half yards per carry last week against Green Bay, adding on 48 receiving yards. Um, just he, you talked about his elusiveness and everything last week, how he might be the real deal. Um, I mean, that we very typically don't see a lot of running backs drafted as high as like this guy. And we're seeing why um, this guy is not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. B. John looks absolutely incredible. Um, Detroit defense. I, I talked about how they looked good against Mahomes in week one, and I didn't really buy that. Uh, Seattle put up a bunch of points on them. So I, I think we still have a, just a fantastic environment here for a shootout. Atlanta plays, plays slow and they're going to try to slow the game down. But if, I mean, if they have a playmaker like Bijan Robinson who breaks off a long touchdown, that's going to speed up the game anyway. So I, I love this game environment. Bijan is, is the top play, and that's just because it's the, the pass catchers for the Falcons have been so frustrating. Um, 32 attempts from Ritter last week, though, was very nice to see because I, I believe Detroit is a solid overall team. I just, I'm not sure that their defense is quite on par with their offense. Um, so I think Atlanta can have plenty of success if they do ball, fall behind by a couple of scores here. I could see them open it up, open it up again. I, I mean, Drake London is, has got to be the guy here. Seven targets last week, caught a touchdown. Nice to see that out of him after the complete air ball in, in week one. Kyle Pitts, I mean, I don't know what to do here. Um, just probably one of the most talented tight end prospects ever, and he just doesn't get used appropriately. He's down to 3,900. Um, like the upside here, if they ever decide to feature him in this offense, is just crazy high. I, I'm I'm so interested in, in the Atlanta side here because of I'm super interested in the Detroit side in the dome here. I mean, Bijan, I think, is is the guy that makes a ton of sense, but I, I'll definitely have some London and Pitts too. Yeah, I like the London and Pitts, like contrarian thoughts. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in the quarterbacks in this game as a whole, but like this is like one of those games that I'll definitely be like secondary stacking, you know, running like a St. Brown Bijan team, St. Brown London team, Josh Reynolds, Kyle Pitts team. Like there's so many contrarian ways to build a secondary stack in this game. And you can get two or three of these secondary pieces um, from these two teams. So uh, I'm with you. I just wanted to say, like, Algier is not going anywhere. He still got 16 attempts last week. He didn't really have, like, this huge game. But on a contrarian standpoint, like, Bijan could have 150 and no touchdowns, and Algier could have, like, 60 and two or three touchdowns in this game. Yeah. Um, I, so. I think if you're fading this game or only playing, like, one Detroit piece, that Algier is very much – a way that it could suck the production out of the other pass catchers in this game. Like if Atlanta is playing with a lead here, Algier is going to have a massive role. Run that back with with a target monster like St. Brown on the other side. That's a really fun uh, secondary correlation that, that I like quite a bit in a way where the game might fail overall, but those two pieces might be elevated just from that type of a game script where, where Atlanta is playing from ahead. I don't really see this game failing. For what it's worth, I think this is going to be a good game to target. Let's go to the Lions side of this game. Obviously, we know St. Brown, um, just a stud. Um, yeah. The biggest thing here is like David Montgomery. It was a thigh injury. Um, he said after the game, or I think it was after the game, that it would be like a couple weeks that he's going to need to recover. And then the next day, Dan Campbell used the term day-to-day. Um, so, <laughs> I mean. This is thigh, coach speak, right? Like, a player no, doesn't like, say I'm out unless he's like, unless he knows he's out 
Yeah, I mean, thigh injuries are tough because, like, you can hurt your thigh and it could be very painful and you can get up the next day and it can feel, like, ten times better. Um, you know, so thigh injuries are tough. We don't know what exactly the – they just say thigh injury. You don't know. Is it, like, a thigh strain? Is it, like, a deep, like, thigh bruise? Like, you don't know. So, I, I mean, it, it's tough to say. Let's talk Montgomery not playing first. I think a lot of people are going to say – Jameer Gibbs this week. And we're already starting to see like ownership creep up on Gibbs. He's not cheap. We all want him to be featured. They don't want him to be featured. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, what's to say they don't like roll out like Craig Reynolds and, and Knight in this game and give them like six to 10 carries on top of Gibbs getting six to 10 carries. Like this could legitly be like, a three down, like a three running back monster. And I feel like projection models and everything is going to just say play Gibbs. I'm so iffy on Gibbs this week, just because like he is extremely talented and we want him to work, but this isn't how Dan Campbell like does his running back situations. I mean, we saw Swift get buried in this offense for years and I mean, Gibbs is extremely talented. I'm going to play some Gibbs, no doubt about it, but this might be one of those spots that in tournaments I end up underweight on the field, not fading, but underweight on the field. Yeah, I, I think that's a good take. Um, if if Gibbs gets to be pretty popular here, and if Montgomery m- misses, I assume that he will. Like People just cannot wait for Gibbs to work. Um, I said it on the podcast last week, Gibbs is going to win someone a massive tournament some at some point this year. I feel like that the what he, when he's going to do that is a game where the Lions are playing catch up and he catches 14 balls out of the backfield or something like that because yeah. that's the role that he can really be dynamic in. He's not a lead back. Um, he, he's they're just not going to give him 18 carries. I, I don't think I could be proved wrong this week. Um, if Montgomery misses, we'll find out. But I, I completely agree. I think you see some Craig Reynolds mixed in. They elevated Zonovan Knight from the practice squad. That to me is just an indication. There's no way David Montgomery's playing here. Um, but I agree. Like I, I don't think we need, we can assume that Gibbs is getting 18 to 20 touches or carries in the spot. He could get 20 touches if the Lions fall behind and they they feature him in the passing game. Similar to last week, um, he had nine nine targets against Seattle. That's the type of game where Gibbs can just absolutely go off. I don't see Atlanta pushing Detroit to the point where. It's just going to be a back-and-forth shootout. I think there's going to be plenty of scoring here, but I think if, if Atlanta is the team playing from ahead, they'll they'll look to slow it down, and it'll be tough for, for the game to go over. Um, that Yeah, so I, I agree with your Gibbs takes. The, the pass catchers here I'm extremely interested in. St. Brown's role is just phenomenal, one of the best in the entire NFL. Josh Reynolds' role has looked incredible. He is still only 4,200, um, 13 targets through the first two weeks, caught two touchdown passes last week. He is the clear and obvious wide receiver, too, in this offense. He is not priced like that. This team is not afraid to throw a ton. If they're missing Montgomery, I think they'll lean even more pass-heavy. absolutely love Josh Reynolds this week. Um, and Laporta, the tight end, you can certainly play him as well. He he has a very nice role here in the passing attack. I, I will say, like, I like Gibbs um, and Laporta a lot more if Josh Reynolds sits. I know a lot of people will be talking about, like, David Montgomery, Josh Reynolds um, dealing with, like, a groin injury. He's been very involved so far. Um, he's played like 80% of the snaps. He has 13 targets. He has two touchdowns last week against Seattle. We talked about him on the podcast last week. Um, and 
like he is someone I feel like Marvin Jones. I'm not too worried. I know he had like six targets in week one. I'm not worried about Marvin Jones, like being a ball hog. I am worried about like Josh Reynolds being involved enough in this offense where it's like, if he's out, I I think like his 18 to 19% of targets goes to like Laporta and Gibbs. And I think that's one to kind of watch more than Montgomery for Gibbs, because you said Gibbs game script is a game where they're trailing. And I just don't know if they're going to be trailing in this game. Um, So I feel like if you are playing Gibbs, like build out, build out stacks um, on the Atlanta side where you feel like they're leading. So maybe like, as much as I hate to say it, maybe like a running back, running back stack. Um, if you're playing Gibbs to be different here, but he he's, he's so explosive that you got to have some exposure. Just might be one of those spots. I'm underweight. Um, love St. Brown, by the way, don't want to not mention him because no. that's my dude. All right. We got Colts and Ravens up next. This game is up a, almost a whole point already. Um, it opened, at 44 and a half, it's up to 45 and a half. Baltimore is still a seven and a half point favorite. That line's moved a, a little bit as well. I think um, everyone's kind of watching the the news on if Richardson's going to play in this game or not. We, we'll talk about it as well. Um, let's go to the Colts. Richardson, concussion, did not practice Wednesday, still in concussion protocol. Not, I mean, if he doesn't practice Friday, that's usually when it becomes he's probably not playing. Um, he has two more days to practice. It was a it was a lick. Um, he was going to have a monster game, and you were gonna need him last week if he played um yep. the whole game because he had two rushing touchdowns. They designed runs for him, he had like 35 rushing yards. Um, and it wasn't even it, it wasn't even like a helmet to helmet, it was a fall on your back hit your head hit your head on the turf yep yeah. so he was gonna have a monster week let's talk colts if richardson plays i have interest they already have showed us the blueprint that they're going to play with this guy if Minshew plays it's a lot tougher for me i will say like zach moss didn't come off the field last week um he played 98 percent of the snaps his first week back <laughs> If you want to know how bad Deion John Jackson was week one, <laughs> Zach Moss played 98% of the snaps in week two. Um, looked great. Five yards per carry. Looked really good. Talk to me about the Colts. What are you doing with or without Richardson here? Yeah, Richardson, I've been early. I played a bunch of him in week one. I had a bunch of him last week as well. Um, was off to a smash. Like you said, you were going to need him. This guy's production is going to be so high. He's still underpriced, even even in a tougher matchup against Baltimore. And I'm not even necessarily that scared of, of this Baltimore defense. They're dealing with some injuries. Um, but it, it's got to be Richardson in for me to want to use a quarterback here. I'm, I'm not playing Minshew. Um, but it's, it's Richardson and stack him with Michael Pittman. I mean, that seems to be pretty obvious. Uh, Double-digit targets in each of the first two games. Pittman, I think you can play even if Minshew um, is in there. Like, if you want to play some Lamar stacks, feel free to run it back with with Pittman for sure. Um, the other guy I want to mention here is Kylan Granson has had a pretty decent role. He's 3,100, um, had six targets in week one, four targets in, in week two and uh, with a touchdown. So 3,100, he, he is the pass-catching tight end in this spot. If you want to double-stack Richardson, I think he's cheap enough you can throw him in there. Probably don't need to do that, but as just as a contrarian option at the tight end position, I'm not very interested in Zach Moss in this matchup. I, I do think the Baltimore run defense is pretty stout. 
Um, and like if Richardson is in the game, it's going to be really tough for, for Moss to have a ceiling game, in my opinion, just because Richardson's going to get a big chunk of the, the carries here. Um, may, maybe they pull back a little bit with the, the concussion last week, but I don't know. Hope, hopefully Richardson plays because I'm I'm excited about this game if he's in there. Yeah, really, really tough spot this week for, for Moss in general. Um, two of the best run defenses in the league, the Colts and the Ravens. So I think like if you're going to win on either side of the ball, you're going to throw the ball a little bit. Um, even if Minshew plays, you mentioned Pittman. Uh, Minshew came in that game and like Pittman still had 12 targets. Like he, I think he only had like two or three targets uh, with Richardson. So like Pittman was, is going to be featured in this offense. Depend, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He has a 30.6% target share, um, which is I think the second highest. Yeah. Second highest on, on the main slate behind Tyreek Hill. So if you're like me and you played a ton of Collins last week and you ran it back with a ton of Pittman, um, I mean, you were, we were really just a touchdown away from him, you know, being being okay because he had so many targets. He had eight catches. So you you have to have interest in this spot in Pittman. I don't want to touch Alec Pierce or Josh Downs. Um, I do like the Granson call. Did you see his photo shoot with his first touchdown um, ball? No, I missed that. Best thing ever. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, my wife loved it. Like, so it was him coddling the football like a baby and saying, like, after three years, like, and his wife or his girlfriend or fiance, well, whoever was in the photos with him was like taking it like a newborn photo. It was, it was, <laughs> listen, it, it was so good. Um, so good. It was so good. So I think, I think like this is a really easy spot for me on like Baltimore runbacks, it's Pittman and Granson. I agree with you on Zach Moss. It was really good to see Zach Moss have a big game though last week. Um, just be on the field as much as he was. And maybe, maybe like if Richardson does come back, maybe we see a little bit more Zach Moss. They try to keep Richardson from getting um, a second concussion in the third week of the season. So, you know, I, I think like overall, I probably am just looking at Pittman um in Granson. And I played a lot of Zach Moss last week. It worked out well. Uh the Baltimore side of this game, I mean, we're we're looking at more injuries here. Like Justice Hill um didn't practice is dealing with like a turf toe. Turf toe sucks. If anyone has ever had turf toe, it sucks. It is something that just doesn't go away right away. Um and it just it sucks so bad. Um so we'll have to definitely pay attention to that. Even if he sits, I still don't think I want to play Gus Edwards in this spot. I think if Hill is out, that gives more opportunity to Lamar to get a rushing touchdown. 12 rushing attap- attempts last week for Lamar. And honestly, Lamar at this point is just really easy to play because you pair him with Zay Flowers or Mark Andrews and it's just a really compact. This is a really compact game for a 45 and a half total that might just kind of go overlooked because it's like, Hey, who do you really want to play? But I mean, it's really like, to me, it's like flowers, Andrews, Lamar, Pittman, Granson. And I'm very happy with my exposure to this game. Yeah. I I'm, we are on the exact same page here. Um, Andrews looks like he's going to challenge Kelsey for tight end one this year, in my opinion, with Kelsey's kind of slow start to the season here. Um, eight targets for him. He's like six K is not enough for Mark Andrews. He, he is the top target in this offense when he is on the field. Zay Flowers still had a, a very nice role. 
Um, did not quite the ten targets we saw in week one, but he did have five still. He he's the top wide receiver. Something too. Yeah. Yep. Nice long one there. Um, but Flowers is absolutely the wide receiver I want to target. Um, I, I don't really have much interest in even chasing Bateman. OBJ may, may not even play. Um, it's it's Lamar and use it, Lamar to Andrews would be my favorite. L- Lamar to Flowers, and I don't even hate double stacking Lamar. Um, and that's not something I always do with running quarterbacks, but like I'm, I think both of these pass catchers and Flowers and Andrews are still just a little bit underpriced. Yeah, and like he threw the ball 33 times last week on top of his like 12 rushing attempts. Um, I think this is going to be a competitive game, whether it be Minshew or Richardson. I think the Colts overall just kind of underrated. And I think this is going to be a competitive football game. Um, so like I could see also like if you if if Hill doesn't play or they're going to limit him because of the turf toe, I could see like Lamar Pittman stacks and just saying I'm going to get a little bit of exposure to this game with Lamar hoping he gets the rushing upside and just running it back with Pittman um, and not even touching like Flowers or Andrews. But Andrews is my favorite run back here. Um, don't want to bury the lead. Really like Mark Andrews. You mentioned he played 70 or he ran around on 75% of the plays and had a 24% target share. Kelsey ran 55% last week and only had a 22% target share um, one week, but they both were coming back from injury. It's just good to note. Moving on, we got Saints and Packers, 42 and a half total here. Green Bay, a two-point favorite. We'll go to the New Orleans side first here. Um, short week for New Orleans. Uh, any interest here in the New Orleans side of this game? I mean, we have another running back injury that we're dealing with here. Jamal Jamal Williams, uh, hamstring injury, left, left Monday night's game early. Part of the reason I had a, a very good Monday night is I completely faded Jamal Williams. Um, now we have Tony Jones, who actually, like, before the game, I would have told you Tony Jones was one of the worst running backs in the NFL, but he actually looked decent against Carolina. Um, they used him at the goal line role was the most impressive thing for me. Uh, Taysom Hill was in the game plenty, but Tony Jones ran in two touchdowns from inside the five. So have to note that goal line role. It's always going to start with Chris Olave for me on this team. Um, dude is just going to be the certified number one wide receiver. Michael Thomas's role is not going away either. Another nine targets for him. He's just go- clearly going to be that guy over the middle of the field who's racking up a bunch of targets. If he ever adds a touchdown to these six, seven, eight receptions that he's racking up, um, he's he's going to be a smash. Still too cheap for, for Michael Thomas. I don't love this game environment overall. Green Bay is a team that generally tries to slow it down. Um, but there are some pieces I'm interested in, like just Olave because of the big playability. Tony Jones, I think is gonna you, you have to consider him um at 4,500, even though he's he's not really that exciting of a player. Um, and then Michael Thomas because of the role at, at 5,300. Rashid Rashid Shahid also had a big role. Um, a couple of long targets for him. Um 4,200 is too cheap for a guy that can catch a 50-yard touchdown pass. Um dude, so I I hear you on Tony Jones. Um I don't think Williams plays for what it's worth. I think this is the debut of the TCU star here. um, Condre Miller. I think he's going to have um, a role like they, he was hundred percent practicing on Wednesday. They said week three was when he was expected to kind of be back at a full go. Um, 
he was really close last week and they held him out again to make sure that like he was a, a full go. But I mean, if Williams is out, we could see Miller be like the featured back here. Um, he has wheels. He can catch the ball in the backfield. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, we'll see. I, I really like everything that I've read about him. I don't watch a ton of college football outside of Florida football, um, but everything I've read on him is like, he has very fast acceleration when he hits a gap. So I don't know if Tony Jones, no offense to Tony Jones, but I don't know if Tony Jones has that. So I really could see like Miller at like 4,300 coming in here and just having a really good game. Um, but I don't love the game overall, but I, I love like some of the pieces here. Chris Olave, you mentioned him. Michael Thomas has a 23% target share. Like him and Olave are just running routes like every single time that car drops back. And Derek Carr has no problem hitting whichever one is open. <laughs> and I mean, um, that doesn't suck. It, it sucks to kind of figure it out, but you, you kind of like a locket DK Metcalf situation where you're just getting exposure to both of these guys um, every single week. But first read wise, Alave 31%, Thomas 27%. So these really looking at both of these guys, they're playing a ton of snaps. Um, and I mean, this could be a really competitive game. Michael Thomas is still 5,300. Like he's had two really good games. He just hasn't scored. This guy gets in the end zone. We're looking at like 18 to 22 points at 5,300. Um, so I think the price is right. Alave is just a stud and Miller. Um, there's better tight ends for me this week overall. Um, I will note that like Taysom Hill is dealing with like a knee injury. That could be a huge bump to every part of this game that's not named Taysom Hill. So uh, they bring him in to run these like gadget plays slows down the game all the time too so if like Taysom Hill does end up missing this game um it's a bump to Derek Carr it's a bump to the passing game and it's a bump to the running game so for a game script that I don't love there's a lot of pieces that I like in this game don't think I'm playing Derek Carr though um just one of those things where I I like the pieces around him I I feel like I can get a lot I don't think Derek Carr is going to go out and throw four touchdowns and he's not going to go out and rush two touchdowns so um I want the pieces around Derek Carr Green Bay side of this game. Um, I did read a report that like Watson is trending in the direction of playing um, this week. So that's good because Christian Watson being back on the field would be huge for this offense. Uh, Aaron Jones, I would I still think he's questionable. Um, he didn't practice Wednesday with the hamstring injury. Hamstring injury is typically two to three weeks if it's a bad hamstring injury. So what are your thoughts here on the Green Bay Packers side? So obviously the Aaron Jones injury is is something to monitor. Um, I don't really have a ton of interest either way in this backfield. Um, the Saints run defense has been really good. A.J. Dillon has not taken advantage when Jones has been out in, in several past games. He only saw one target last week. I, I, like if, if A.J. Dillon's going to get popular again, I'm, I'm happy with the fade there. Um, Jones is priced up at 6,800 coming off a soft tissue injury. I don't think there's any chance I would mess with that either in a tough matchup here. Uh, so I think the Watson injury is actually the one that matters more to me. Um, and that's just because I would want some, some Jaden Reed if, uh, if Watson is out again, saw eight targets last week, um, caught two touchdowns. I, I don't expect that again, but the, the type of role where he, he's the wide receiver one in this offense, basically, I, I could see that again, if Watson misses. We should also note just in general, like 
Green Bay has been an incredible pass block so far um, through two games. And that is huge for a young quarterback like Jordan Love. Um, New Orleans, get af- they get after the quarterback, though. So, like, this could be a spot that Green Bay struggles. But, uh, I mean, we should – dude, I like New Orleans in this game. I um, do, too. Like, the fact that we're getting them plus two – I think this is a, a really interesting game. Uh, if Watson plays, I'll probably play some Watson. He's 5,900. He showed that he has a huge ceiling, but I want to make sure that like he's a hundred percent to go um, before. And like you said, if he's out taking some shots on like Reed or Dobbs or Musgrave would be okay for me just because they're all really cheap. Um, and then you can like, you could make a, a lot a cheap receiver or cheap, Green Bay guy, you can make a Thomas cheap Green Bay guy. That's where I would have interest in the Green Bay passing game. Uh, New England at New York facing the Jets. J-E-T, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, division game here. Uh, New England, a two-and-a-half point favorite. Probably my least favorite game on the slate, um, just if I'm being frank. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the New England side of this game? Yeah, I feel like Ramondre Stevenson's going to get some steam here. Um, just like He's popping in projections. I saw he that is. Yeah. it's early in the week for projections and stuff, but I saw like him popping in projections uh, when I was messing with my rankings earlier. Yeah, I'm I'm just not sure that I'm buying that. I, I know the role is is really nice. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just it's hard to get excited about this New England offense, and like this Jets defense is so good. Both defenses in this game. If Stevenson is popular, I'm I'm probably going to be well under the field on this. Um, I like the if they play from behind, they, they are slight underdogs here or slight slight favorites actually on the road. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I can't get excited about Ramondre Stevenson. I don't get why he's popping. Kendrick Bourne's price is up. Not going there against this this awesome Jets secondary. The the play from New England for me is Hunter Henry. We've just seen an awesome roll out of him. Forty one hundred. It, that's if I even need a play from this game. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm not very high on this game at all. But Hunter Henry would be the guy for me on New England. Yeah, and like the Stevenson role, um, we're still worried about like Zeke poaching a touchdown. Like we, I mean, that's still a thing in the back of my head here. Um, I Stevenson's cheap enough where like you're probably getting some exposure to him just because of like his role. Like he's still playing seventy plus percent of the snaps. He's getting 58% of the rushing attempts um, in this offense. And he's still going to catch three to five balls out of the backfield. If you think this is going to be like a defensive juggernaut type of game, which I do think it's that type of game, like that's a free, like two to four catches in itself. Um, You know, Mac Jones being under pressure, dumping it off to Stevenson. All it takes is like one big 40 yard break off on one of those dump downs. And like you're in business at this price. So yeah, uh, Stevenson, I love the Hunter Henry call because, I mean, the wide receiver core, you can't trust anything. It's like running backs from, like, the past for New England. You can't trust anything here from the wide receiver core. Love the Hunter Henry call, 4,100 still. Put up 17 last week and went down $200 on DraftKings. So the Jets side of this game, who buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Brees Hall is an extremely talented running back, but I don't know if he's 100% um they kind of limited him last week they got behind in that game and like i think everybody and i mean well you could talk about it too but i think everyone kind of expected like if they got down in the game Brees hall would be on the field more um 
So the fact that like they kind of just abandoned Brees Hall and had Michael Carter out there, they had Cook out there. Cook looks terrible. Um, I just I don't know, man. I like both defenses in this game. There's not a ton of offense I like on either side. Garrett Wilson needs to get down to like 5,500 for me to be like, all right, I'm going to have like 20% Garrett Wilson. Um, I think he's extremely talented. My thing is like Bill Belichick, what's he going to do? Just stack the box and make Zach Wilson beat him this week. So maybe if they do try to like go in saying, Hey, we're going to shut down the run. Maybe we play a little bit of Garrett Wilson, but he's 6,800. Do we really think he's going to score two touchdowns and have 10 catches? Cause now we're talking about him being almost seven K. Yeah, it's the price on Garrett Wilson. I, I guess I'll touch on the running backs first. Dalvin Cook looks like it's it's over for him. I com- agree. He looked he looked terrible, and I don't think Brees Hall is healthy. As soon as they, the the Jets signed Cook, I, I pretty much knew I was avoiding this running back situation for the first part of the season. I think by the end of the year, Brees Hall will be the guy and will be playing him. But it's it's not that situation yet. Um, Garrett Wilson is the only pass catcher I, I would consider here. I don't love the price, but I definitely believe in the talent. He's in that same bucket as as Chris Olave for me in that this is going to be one, a top 10 or so wide receiver in the league. If he's not already, he's he's going to that direction. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough price in a, in a game environment that I do not love. So I just it's the defenses for me are the, the primary plays. Hunter Henry on, on the one. If you want to do a Hunter Henry, Garrett Wilson stack, I, secondary, I'd, I'd be okay with that, but not not a lot to love in this game outside of defenses. Yeah, when when do the Jets play the Dolphins? Um, week twelve, I think, is the first matchup. That's when I'll have some interest in Bruce Hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they play at Kansas City on I think Sunday Night Football next week. That was going to be like the Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes game. That was going to be really cool, but um, yeah. Anyway, this is oh, one my- of those games you're just like, all right, we're done talking about. It. Moving on. <laughs> Denver at uh, Miami, 48 and a half total in this game. The Dolphins, a six and a half point favorite. We'll go Denver first. Um, Miami defense is like borderline bad, but like borderline good. Like they have like, like brilliant plays. And then you have plays you're just like, what are they doing? Coming from a from a Dolphins fan, I mean, there's obviously some fandom there, but I also watch games to try to gain edge. And I think this game's really interesting. Um, just from a whole game perspective, like we everyone's gonna have interest in Tua and Hill. Waddle's in the concussion protocol. If he's out, Tyreek Hill's ownership is gonna go insane. So looking at the Denver side of this game, I actually kind of have some interest here in Javante Williams. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's someone that could probably run really well against this Miami defense. I think you have to have a little of interest in Sutton and Judy. We want to have interest in Trotman, but it doesn't seem like Sean Payton's offense really wants to feature the tight end. So I think it's like Wilson, Sutton, Judy, Williams here, depending on like how I want to build out a stack in this game. But Early week ownership looks really good on Denver this week. They are not a team that's projecting for a ton of ownership against Miami in Miami um, in a game they should be trailing. Yeah, I think we have to have interest here. I'm I'm quite interested in this Denver side. It's it's pretty condensed, like you said. Uh, we just haven't seen Marvin Mims get the targets we kind of expected, especially when Judy was out week one. Just him playing behind 
Um, guys like little Jordan Humphrey and Brandon Johnson was, was insane. Uh, he obviously had the long touchdown last week, but he still only saw two targets. So it's very clearly Judy and Sutton. I'm, I'm with you. They're going to have to throw it here to keep up. We know this Miami offense is explosive. They're not going to be able to play the same, just turn around and hand it off type of game that they played the first couple of weeks. And against Washington, they opened it up again at the end there. Um, I think we can see that type of thing. I could see Russ going for a, a pretty big game here. If it's going to happen, it feels like this is the type of game that, that it happens. Where like He's no longer the guy that's going to be pushing the pace, but when he's tra- trailing, he's behind, and he has to try to keep up, I could see Wilson putting up a, a really nice game here. Sutton and Judy, the only targets I'd be looking at. Yeah, I mean, he threw for 300-plus yards last week against Washington. Um, it wasn't like any like slouch game. I will note that... like. Judy was his first read 33% of the time last week. So while the stats might not look good for Judy, he was so like a third of the times they dropped back to throw the ball. His first look was Judy. So like we know where he kind of wants to go with the football. Um, So the ceilings there, this matchup has ceiling. You mentioned like the rest of the rest of the best. Um, I mean, like we want Mims to be a thing, but like Brandon Johnson's way running way more routes than him. Like even Javante Williams is running more routes than Marvin Mims. Like Mims has that like take the top off the defense upside, but I don't know if he has like the eight catch upside. Um, so yeah, I think Judy Sutton would be my two favorites here, but don't forget about Javante Williams in this game. I think he's really interesting piece um, that you could potentially like if you're going to a hill. I think you could go like Williams, Judy, run back. Um, let's go Dolphins side. You know, obviously Waddle is the news that we're watching here, concussion protocol. Um, and I mean, I feel like the Miami Dolphins, more than anybody else, are going to be a team that are going to be very, very, very careful with concussions because um, all the stuff that happened with Tua last year. So if if Waddle sits – do we fire up some Barrios or Croft and or even like maybe take some shots on like Smythe at tight end? Like, I mean, week one when they were having that really competitive game, he had seven targets um, at tight end. So Waddle being out could open up this um, this passing game. Racine Mozart, he uh, he's found the clock, man. He looks fantastic. Um, he looks really good. What are your thoughts here on the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean the the Waddle injury is is interesting. If if he's out, I think it just Tyreek Hill is the answer. There's no doubt about that. Barrios is going to have a role out of the slot, but it's not a role that's seen a ton of volume. Um, if if Waddle is out, I guess that that completely changes. So we'd have to look at one of these three K guys. Um, I'd throw Ezukanma's name out there as well. Like they've schemed a couple of runs for him. Um, Early in the game, we haven't really seen him uh, catch any passes or anything. But I, like, if Waddle is out, maybe he's just like Waddle's direct backup. So I would not forget that name. Um, but it's it's more than likely Barrios, I think, who is the guy who would see the extra share. Craig Craft would certainly be on the field a lot more as well. Um, but I'm I'm interested in this game overall. Tyreek Hill is the clear and obvious top target, um, especially if Judy's a little bit banged up. Um, I, I think the two double stacks, if Waddle is in there, are, are very viable. Um, it's something that I, I kind of want to do every game. We saw that 
like he can just lock onto those two guys so so much that like the ceiling is through the roof. Denver's defense, I'm I'm not necessarily afraid of that, especially going on the road here down to Miami. Moster didn't play for me at running back, but it, I think it's really more the passing game that I'm interested in. Uh, a chain did. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Find the field a little bit last week. I'm still waiting for what type of role he's going to have. I think that's a guy that, that we should probably consider if Waddle is out as well as A-Chain possibly having a larger passing game role. Um, but most are clearly the, the running back one here. Uh, I think I'm playing the passing game more more than I have interest in Mostert, though. Really, it's Tyreek Hill is, is the guy I want exposure to. Two has looked awesome, so I definitely want to get some stacks with uh, with two in there also. We should mention um, Ahmed got hurt last week. Um, he's dealing with a groin. That's why um, a chain got on the field last week. Yeah. So Mozart, he's been like a 70 to 75% guy. So like, I think we see at least 20 to 25% of a chain. If, if Ahmed doesn't play and they already said he's not practicing Wednesday or Thursday, it's a groin injury. They really like this guy. I mean, they drafted, a chain like to be this type of role because he's extremely fast and he can catch the ball to the backfield, but like Ahmed, he just won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> he, as like a Dolphins fan, like you just he just he's really good at what he does. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean if Waddle and Ahmed sit like one fifty builds, twenty inch or max builds, like that might be someone you're looking at to be different on the slate. Yeah, I, I love that. If if both of them are out, I, I really like it. Like, a chain has been behind because he dealt with the injury in, in training camp, uh, was hurt most of preseason. So he's he's just been behind. I think he's ultimately going to, to pass Ahmed for this role anyway, just because he's so talented. He's 5K. It's not like he's super cheap, um, but, like, he could have, like, a couple of big plays and, and pay that off. Uh, moving on, we got Houston at Jacksonville taking on the Jags. This game has a 44 and a half total. It's up a point since it opened. Jags uh, minus eight and a half. They're down a point since it's open. Uh, let's go to the Houston side. I should have listened to myself last week and played some Stroud like I talked about. I was like, oh, if I build 150, I'll get like two to three percent. I ended up not building 150 because I was traveling on Sunday. Um, 384 yards and two touchdowns, 25 points with only one rushing yard. Um, and he had a couple fumbles. I, I mean, yeah, Nico Collins, 
that's where we yeah. should start. Uh, we talked about him. I played him in my main tournament lineup last week. He was just a guy that, like I said, I got, I just fell in love with Nico Collins as the week went along. And now he's sitting at 20 targets through the first two weeks and just seems to be like the main passing piece of this offense. Um, what are your thoughts on the Texans this week? Yeah, expect them to be playing from behind here going down to Jacksonville. And they're not afraid to throw it despite the the rookie quarterback. So I'm going right back. Love these guys as runbacks. Nico Collins' role looks amazing. Um, Tank Dell had a, a monster game stepping into that wide receiver three role with Noah Brown on IR now. He's only got a, only got a price bump up to 3600 He's one of my favorite cheap wide receivers on the entire slate. Um, it, it's those two guys will be using maybe a little bit of Dalton Schultz, just haven't quite seen the role. He did have seven targets last week. Um, so don't hate Schultz. The price is cheap enough if you want to mix him in a little bit. But really, it's Nico Collins and Tank Dell for me. Watch the injury on Tank Dell. Um, he popped up on the report, um, thigh injury on Wednesday. It's so Wednesday injury reports are very tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of watch the Tank Dell news if he is going to be out or not in this game. So, um, I think like on DraftKings, specifically on DraftKings, not on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, you could even play a little bit of Robert Woods this week. 4,400 for a guy getting targeted as much as Robert Woods. Um, it's just, a, it's just a good price tag. You have a 21% target share. He's 19 targets in the first two weeks. Six or seven catches for 40 to 50, 60 yards here at this price. And, like, if he scores a touchdown, I mean, you're you're looking really good with Robert Woods. Like, do I want to play Robert Woods? No, but he's 4,400, and, like, he just has, like, a very solid target share. And... I mean, Pierce doesn't look good so far to start the season. Jacksonville run defense has been really strong to start the season. So I think Houston's going to have to throw the ball here. So getting getting exposure to Nico Collins and Robert Woods on DraftKings, if Tank Dell plays, I'm definitely going to play some of him at 3,600. Um, and I, I don't hate the Dalton Schultz call either. Going to the Jags side of this one, I'm going back to the well, Keith. Right back to the well. Yes, Not even like thinking twice about it. Travis Etienne, give me Travis Etienne again this week. Um, got cramps early in that game and didn't play a lot and didn't have a great game against Kansas City. The Jacksonville Jags just had a bad game. I'm going right back to the well on Etienne. I'm going right back to the well on Calvin Ridley. I'm going back to the well on Trevor Lawrence, back to the well on Evan Ingram, back to the well on Christian Kirk. I am not sleeping on the Jags against Houston. I think this is a great bounce back spot for them. And they just had a bad game. They couldn't get anything going on offense. Their defense played stellar. They held the Chiefs to 17 points and the offense just could not get anything going last week. Yeah, really tough game for them last week. But I, I'm really high on this offense for the season. Uh, I think there's just so much talent here among the skill positions. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has a massive ceiling as well. So I'm going to be stacking up some Jacksonville for sure. Um, give me the double stacks. I, I think you can use, I think I'd rank them Ridley, Kirk, Ingram of, of the top three. Um, Zay Jones, a little bit banged up and not a guy. Like, I feel like I know Kirk um, played behind him in week one. They made a point to get Kirk involved in week two. Kind of touched on that on the podcast a little bit. I don't think Christian Kirk's going anywhere. Um I definitely prefer him over Zay Jones, despite him being a little bit uh, more expensive. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to have all kinds of, of Trevor Lawrence double stacks. And I love the ETN call as well. Great matchup against Houston here. We've attacked the, the Houston run defense for many years. Um, home favorite running back. Pair him with the, the Jacksonville defense if you want to do that. Uh, great, great spot for Jacksonville here. Be a contrarian build for sure. Um, I don't think anybody would be playing um, ETN and Jags defense. And I love those defenses that like are just low owned and like CJ Stroud is going to throw the ball a lot. All it takes is one. Buffalo yeah, we know rookie quarterbacks are, are prone to, to turnovers. So like, I, I think the Jags defense is an, is an awesome play this week. Yeah. And on the road uh, or with the rookie on the road is what I meant. Yep. Yep. All right. Moving on. We got Buffalo at Washington. Our last one o'clock game, only three, four o'clock games this week um, with the doubleheader on Monday night. I don't, is that a thing this year? I haven't even looked at like schedules, but I think they... this is the last, it's just the, the, these two. Oh, I yeah. I, I get, like, they... I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, just put it in picture and picture. Let me watch ESPN and just have both of them up at the same time. So I don't have to sit in the office where I have multiple TVs. So um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bills, commanders, 43 and a half. This game's down a point already. Um, Buffalo, six and a half point favorite. Um, the last bet that I made in Tennessee, by the way, was a, a look ahead bet to this game. And I got Buffalo at minus five. So um, I like that look ahead bet. Let's go Bills. Hey, James Cook looked really good. Um, I, I wanted to start with him just because like we talked about him a little bit last week and what his role was going to kind of include here. Um, but he looked great. He had 17 carries for 123 yards and just a really good run in the football. Let's talk Buffalo in general. I mean, they're a pretty straightforward team. We have interest in Allen. We have interest in Diggs. We have some interest in Davis, some interest in Cook, maybe some interest in the tight ends. Um, I mean, Josh Allen's too good not to have interest in this offense. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an offense you want exposure to every single week. Um, Josh Allen with his, his dual threat ability. Always going to be one of our top, top targets here. Diggs is a clear wide receiver one. Um, so Allen to Diggs is, is completely fine. Allen, because of that rushing ability, not a guy you have to double stack. But there are some upside stacking options um, if you do want to go that route. Gabe Davis had a very nice game last week. Um, seven targets, caught six of them, and a touchdown. Still waiting on this Dalton K Kincaid role to just really explode. Six targets last week was was very nice to see. Like he adds a touchdown to that type of production, and that's a slam dunk for 3,400. Um, he's running a, a ton of routes, so I, I really like Dalton Kincaid. I'm going to keep playing him until he has that that massive game where he scores a touchdown with all those targets. Knox is is really the touchdown guy. Like they they just seem to scheme him up down in the red zone. Um, always catches a bunch of touchdowns, but I think I prefer Kincaid. Just feel like the ceiling's a little bit higher. He doesn't necessarily have to catch a touchdown to get there. Um, but yeah, give, give me Allen every which way. I'm not sure if I'm on cook this, this week, just being on the road. Um, Washington's run defense has been pretty, pretty decent. Um, but like, certainly I, I wouldn't try to talk you off of it. If, if you had some interest there, it's more of like, just looking at his, um, percentages are, are solid than anything else. Um, Dawson Knox had a he had a huge hit last week. He got hit really hard um in that game. And I know he didn't practice Wednesday dealing with like a back injury. So something to monitor because if Knox is out, that definitely gives Kincaid more upside in the red zone. Like Kincaid has that like slot roll upside, like driving down the field, but like Knox is gonna be the red zone guy. Let's just be honest. Um 
So if Knox sits, huge bump, I think, to Kincaid. He would he would jolt up my um, tight end list this week if he were to sit in this game. So if Knox were to sit in this game. Good call. Uh, Washington side of things, you know, I don't know what to do here with Washington. Um, <laughs> like the upside for McLaurin and Dotson is just incredibly high. Um, the catch that McLaurin made for the touchdown last week was a phenomenal was catch. Sick. It was yeah. so good. So yeah. like the talent is just incredible for Dotson and, and McLaurin and they're cheap and Thomas is banged up. He might not even play. He's dealing with a concussion. So like the role for the wide receivers is there. Sam Howell, he doesn't look bad. Like this is a second year guy that played, waited a whole year and he honestly doesn't look that bad. The commanders, you know, their offensive line looks really solid. Um, I mean, I don't hate getting exposure to McLaurin and Dotson and just saying, like, maybe they just didn't play well against Arizona in week one. And just going back to the well here, um, Robinson looks fantastic, by the way. They, if they just got, like, if they just took Gibson off the field and let Robinson, like, do his thing, he's just, he's extremely talented. The run, like I said, the run defense or run, run blocking has been fantastic. We know you can run on Buffalo. Maybe a low-owned Brian Robinson play this week isn't crazy. Um, for a game you shouldn't have a ton of interest, Keith, I feel like I have way more interest in Washington than I should. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I, I think there's there's a lot of talent on this offense. Um, Howell has looked competent, like you mentioned. I don't think that I'm necessarily using Howell, but as runbacks to Buffalo stuff, I, I do, like, really have interest here. Uh, McLaurin would be my first look. Dotson is, is also a very talented guy. Um, just give me one of those on the other side of an Allen stack or even as a secondary correlation um, with Diggs or or Cook. Be totally fine with that. The Brian Robinson thing is really interesting. Uh, he, like he's the lead back here. He's got a big role. He's gotten 18, at least 18 touches in both, both of the first two games. Looks like he has the goal line red zone role with the the two touchdowns last week I, I mean him running in two more touchdowns this week I don't think would surprise anybody he's still really cheap at 5800 for a guy who's going to touch the ball 20 times so I, I like that Brian Robinson call quite a bit not it's it's not traditional like a a big underdog that you don't generally want to play a guy who doesn't have a ton of work in the passing game um, but I think that that might be the way they try to have success against Buffalo here early and keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands a little bit I could see a huge role for Brian Brian Robinson, especially early in this game. So love that call. Week one, we saw a lot of Gibson in the first half um, in that Arizona game. And like this week, it was just, hey, Robinson's going to get the rock and we'll use Gibson when Robinson needs a breather kind of thing. It was a much different like running attack this week for um, Washington um, against Denver. So he had a couple catches for like 20 yards a piece as well. So it's not like he can't do something out of the backfield. He had a really big game. Um, at very, very low ownership last week. So this is one of those spots if, like, you're playing one of those really top-heavy, like, tournament teams. Tournaments, not tournament teams, but tournaments. You could build a Hal, McLaurin, Dotson, Diggs, Kincaid lineup and feel pretty good about it um, because the rest of your team would just be absolutely loaded because the Washington three-man stack would be so cheap. Um, so I, I'd love doing that on those tournaments. Um and like, and I, again, I don't do it with a ton of ownership, but 
Like if Hal throws three touchdowns in this game and this game is super competitive, then at 5,400 getting like 20 to 25, if you get both of the touchdowns by both wide receivers and Diggs and, and Kincaid do their thing, like could be a really big stack at really low ownership at very, very low pricing. And like you could build out the expensive, you know, running backs, wide receiver, tight end, whatever, however you want to build the rest of your team. And you could just play whoever you want ownership wise because this stack would be so loaned so just throwing it out there all right moving on we go to the four o'clock games like i said we got three of them this week carolina at seattle is where we start 42 total seattle a six point favorite in this game going to the carolina side first seattle has been atrocious against the pass this year um they have not been good yet (laughs) it's still very early in the year but I mean, we watched Matthew Stafford just pick apart this defense, and we watched Jared Goff just pick apart this defense. Um, Bryce Young is banged up. He's dealing with an ankle injury. We'll see if he plays. If he doesn't, we get the red rocket at 4,900. Um, <laughs> Andy Dalton back in our lives. My real interest here, though, is Adam Thielen. Yeah. You know, everyone kind of got down on Thielen after only two targets in the Atlanta game, and that game was just really, really slow paced. Um, Thielen's 3,900. Mingo's 3,400. DJ Chark is 3,800. Like, I, I, it's tough for me not to have interest in this passing game as bad as this offense has been or defense has been. Yeah. I mean, it's Thielen for me is the guy like he looked really good. He had a massive role. Finally, Um, he was dealing with an injury coming into week one. So I think that's why he kind of got off to a slow start. Um, They weren't even sure he was going to play. I'm pretty sure he like they took that right up to a game time decision, but looked awesome against against New Orleans. Nine targets caught seven of them for and a touchdown was just the guy in the offense. Very clearly. Um, Hayden Hurst is a guy who I think can can have a little better game than he had last week. Um, he's he his production kind of suffered with Thielen sucking up so much of it. Um, but Hurst is a, is a talented pass catching tight end. Thirty eight hundred for him. I, I don't mind that. I don't know that I'm like using Bryce Young and double stacking these guys, but I definitely want some exposure to them as, as runbacks for my uh, Geno Smith stacks. Yeah, if Bryce Young plays and they say he's good to go, he's so cheap and this defense has been so terrible. Like I wouldn't necessarily talk you off of playing Bryce Young with a double stack because <laughs> it's so cheap. It is oh, uh, it's so cheap. Like you could do anything that you want. Um, so yeah, just going back to like the Adam Thielen thing, like just looking at week two by itself, we we all watched that game. Uh, it was a standalone game. Adam Thielen, 45% of the time was the first read um, by Bryce Young. So whatever week one injury was and how banged up he was, we don't know exactly how the injury was, but he was the piece. I'm telling you right now, though, I'm telling you all right now, Jonathan Mingo is going to win somebody a tournament. I don't know if it's this week. It's coming. He is running a route almost every time they're dropping back. He's the first look 30% through the first two games. Jonathan Mingo, big game is coming. I'm going to play him every single week, including this week. It's coming. It's it's going to happen. You're going to come back one of these weeks and be like, oh, Stevie, Jonathan Mingo, two touchdowns. I'm going to be like, yep, I told you so. Um, I might have got the whole other slate wrong. But Jonathan Mingo, it's it's happening. It's coming. Um, but, yeah, really like Thielen, like Mingo. Don't mind your Hayden Hurst call. 
Um, DJ Chark was involved. It's so hard to kind of know what his role is going to be. Um, he'll be back more from injury now coming into like the third week after the hamstring kind of kept him out week one, limited him a little bit in week two. So I just don't, I don't know if DJ Chark is good. I mean, yeah. We, we haven't we seen just haven't a seen whole seen lot it. from yeah. him. Yep. Seattle. Um, hey, somebody that I was part of the DK Metcalf support group last week. Um, yeah. If anybody else was part of that group, um, did not play a lot of Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett had the two touchdowns. Um, and it's it's my own fault, though, Keith, because I know like when I'm high on the offense for Seattle, I need to be high on playing like both, both DK yes. and Lockett. So, I made the same mistake. And you know like DK too. looked awesome on that first drive. Gets catches the ball on the one inside the one and then bangs up his I don't know. It, it took a hard yeah. hit. Yeah, hit yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then missed some missed some time. But it, it looked like we were wheels up there. Seattle was one of my absolute favorite spots. Why I didn't have any Tyler Lockett just still haunts me to, to this day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, a pretty straightforward team. I, I feel like you know who you're kind of targeting here. Um, Lockett, DK Metcalf. Don't forget about Walker. I think this is probably one of the best matchups he's had so far this season um, as far as like run defense is concerned. He's the guy, uh, I mean, I was very down on him last week against Detroit, and he had two really easy touchdowns, um, so tilting. But I think Walker is someone to definitely look at. This is a fantastic spot for him. I don't know how much Geno I get this week. I, I probably have a little bit. I play Geno, I feel like, every week. Um, but, yeah, Lockett, DK, Walker would be my three favorite targets from Seattle. Yep, I think I feel feel the exact same. Um, I, I will have some Geno. I won't leave Lockett out this time. Um, and then <laughs> Ken, Ken Walker is just, he's too cheap, uh, 6,200. We haven't really seen Charbonnet cut into him as much as I kind of thought he might coming into the year. Walker's role looks really good, 6,200 against the Carolina defense that that hasn't been great so far. Um, I, I love Kenny Walker this week. And then the Geno double stacks, I'm going to have some of those every week. Don't forget, like if you're playing Gino and you're double stacking, or if you're just playing Gino and stacking, don't forget about um, Smith Jigba. He is still very involved in this in this passing game, and he just hasn't had a touchdown yet. Like he he had what five catches for 34 yards last week, so like he has the opportunity um, to get there, and he's I think he's still pretty cheap at like 4300. So, um, Chicago at Kansas City taking on the Chiefs, 47 and a half total in this game. Chiefs a 12 and a half point favorite. About an hour before we got rolling here, there was a report that came out of the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigned. Um, I'm not going to get into all that news. You can look it up. But he's gone. Um, I don't know if that helps or hurts this team. Their defense <laughs> has been so bad. So um, let's start with the Bears. We know the Chiefs are going to put up points in this game. The Bears defense is not good. Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked like Patrick Mahomes yet. This is going to be a big game for the Chiefs. Do we look at Chicago here? If we do, who are we looking at? Um, they're your team. What are we looking at the Bears this week? Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. 
Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It's hard to claim them at this point. Um, <laughs> hey, DJ this, Moore, you know, remember week one when you were really high on DJ Moore? <laughs> yeah. He, he did look much better last week, but Justin Fields has looked like trash to begin this year. I thought he was really going to take a step forward. He it, he looks worse than his rookie year. Like he's holding the ball way too long. Maybe he gets some things worked out. He's still going to hold the ball too long. He still has a massive uh, rushing upside. But it, it it's tough scenes out there. They just they look really really bad. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a ton in the spot though. So like you have to be a little bit interested here. DJ Moore's it would be my my first look as a target of Justin Fields. Cole Komet I think would be the second one because Mooney's dealing with a little bit of an injury. But I Komet at forty three hundred. We've seen him get get quite a bit of work here through the first two games. I'm 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 interested here. I don't know if the the Bears will be able to keep this close at all. I think Kansas City kind of runs away with this, which means they're going to be throwing quite a bit here. Um, I could see Fields just putting up the forty ball after after he's looked so terrible in the first two weeks, and everybody's down on him. I could see him going for one of those hundred rushing yards plus, throwing a couple touchdowns as well, just in catch up mode with with the Chiefs. So. As much as it pains me to say, I'm I'm not jumping off this Bears offense just yet. There's a lot of talent here between Fields and Moore, um, and even Komet at the tight end position. I don't. I'm not playing Herbert in this spot because I don't think there's any way the Bears play with a lead here. Um, Roshan Johnson would be the guy. Like if you want a cheap secondary piece, like if you're going Fields more and you want a third, maybe Roshan Johnson in a, a very pass heavy game script could see some work out of the backfield. I would definitely want Deontay Foreman to be inactive again to to make that play. Um, but, yeah, I think just because the, the Chiefs are going to put up points, the Bears are going to have to be aggressive. Only reason I have interest, but I think just because of how many points the Chiefs can score and how aggressive the Bears will need to be, I, I, I will have some. Yeah, Johnson's an interesting pivot off of some of these chalky um, running backs. And it's more of a DraftKings play than a FanDuel yeah, play because yeah, you, really, you really want him to get like five to eight catches. Um to hit his value here so you mentioned it foreman was a healthy scratch last week so johnson was in that like uh secondary role he's going to be the pass catcher if this game gets out of hand for chicago love the cole Komet call um i think he's a really interesting tight end play we really haven't seen many tight ends this year with a target share over like 15 16 and he's sitting at like 18 percent. so uh just a good number kind of at tight end and he's a lot cheaper than the guys that have that high target share so really like cole Komet this week he's someone that i'm going to play quite a bit um they, dj Moore's too cheap for a game where they should be trailing and as much as i it pains me to say it like if you're playing more than one team and you're playing tournaments you have to have exposure to justin fields this week um it could easily end in like a 10 point game but 
this could be one of those games where he's just like, I'm going to try to keep this game close to my feet. Yep. I've been playing terrible. Um, I need to run the ball more than four times in a game. So, um, yeah, I think Justin Fields is interesting. Chiefs side, um, I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey is <laughs> in a phenomenal spot. Patrick Mahomes, it's just they're so expensive. And if the Bears can't keep this game close, like are we concerned that like Patrick Mahomes at 8,300 throwing three touchdowns for like 250 is enough? Um, I think that is somewhat concerning, which is so crazy to say. But, <laughs> I mean – Mahomes, Kelsey, phenomenal plays. I think if I was going to take a running back, it'd be Pacheco. If I was going to take a wide receiver, I'd close my eyes and pick one. Um, <laughs> I don't trust any of these guys. I, I still think like I, I still think like MVS and Tony have the highest ceilings. But I talked about Sky Moore last week, and you know he caught that touchdown. He was very involved in Week One, just didn't have like the catches. Um, so, I mean, I feel like they want to get him involved. We should note that like Tony has a sprained toe. Um, Richie James is dealing with an MCL injury, likely not to play this week. If Tony and James sit, I think you could bump up potentially taking shots on Watson and rice, um, in this game, just because of how this bears past defense is. But yeah, a lot of cheap pieces for an offense that projects to, I mean, they have the highest implied team total on the slate at 30. Yeah, I mean, somebody on this team is is just going nuclear. Um, I am concerned about the game getting out of hand and Mahomes not having to play or at least push the ball in the fourth quarter. Um, so I think my favorite stack from this game is actually Justin Fields and Travis Kelsey. I feel like they have to get Kelsey involved this week. It's probably the easiest matchup he will have all season long. Um, like, it's just... Feels like a Travis Kelsey two touchdowns in the first quarter type of game. Whether they need to do anything the rest of the game is is kind of the the only concern here. But somebody is going nuts in this spot. Kansas City is going to put up a ton of points. They're going to do it whichever way they want against this awful Bears defense. Um, if Patrick Mahomes wants to throw for five touchdowns today, he can do that. If Isaiah Pacheco wants to to run for 150 and two, he can do that. Like there's there's going to be production here on this Chiefs offense. I think you just you just mix and match whatever you want here. Um, I like saving a little money and playing fields. I think he's going to run in this game. Just it's their only chance of keeping it anywhere near close. Um, Kelsey would be my favorite chiefs option. Pacheco, I think is second. And then like you said, with the wide receivers, you have to have, you have to just throw some darts. You, there's no way to know who the guy is. I feel best about sky Moore. I've, I've kind of come around to that one with you was down on him after their, their week one game. I thought he looked bad, but he, Nice to see him get involved a little bit last week. Um, he, To me, he's the most talented pure wide receiver of, of the, their options. Um, but somebody in this wide receiver group is going to have a huge game for their salary. Yeah, like just to kind of note too, Pacheco is dealing with a hamstring injury. If he were to sit, Edward Solaire at 4,100 would be one of the top value plays on the slate. Yeah. Just saying. Um, you wouldn't feel good about it. But eh, I might. <laughs> I, I, no, <laughs> I mean, Bears defense is disgusting. Yeah, but you still, you still worried that like they work in um, McKinnon a little bit. And uh, what's the other, what's the other guy's the, name? Um, the rookie Piron? print. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think Prince might be ahead of Pirine, but either one. I mean, you're see. still worried about them working. You're still worried about working them in because like Edward Solaris had so 
many opportunities. Yeah. Um, but he's he would be way too cheap if um, Pacheco weren't to play in this game. And hamstring injuries, again, man, they, they could easily be two or three weeks. So we'll see. Great, great, great spot for Kansas City offense. It's a spot that, like, you expect Kansas City to go up and put out more than, like, 30 points. Like, yeah. the Bears defense is so bad. They've been down the first two weeks. Like, it's, it's a perfect spot for them to just announce to the league, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're still yeah. here. We're Here's still a 40 here. ball, exactly. Chicago. Yeah. Yep. We're still here. All right. We finish out this slate, the main slate on Sunday with Dallas at Arizona, 43 total. Dallas, 12 and a half point favorites. Uh, Cowboys have a 28 implied team total, 27.75 implied team total. Um, Pollard's the best running back on the slate. We don't have Christian McCaffrey this week. Um, Eckler banged up, Chubb out for the season. Pollard is 8K. He's expensive, but like if you're paying up at running back and you want, to lock in that like 15 plus points i mean this is a pollard dallas defense stack very very much in play this week the thing that i think that potentially opens up is lower ownership on cd lamb cd lamb is an alpha and he is going to get his um i love cd lamb this week as a contrarian wide receiver play my issue my concern is arizona keeping the game close but as bad as we feel like Arizona should be, they've kept games close so far. Dallas defense is legit. But, I mean, C.D. Lamb right now projecting around 10% ownership, which puts him under, like, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. So, I think C.D. is a really interesting tournament pivot off of the ex- other expensive wide receivers on the slate. Yeah, I, I echo everything that you just said. Pollard is, is one of the top running back plays on the slate. Love pairing him with the Dallas defense. Um, CD lamb as a, a low owned option in the high range of wide receiver. Like it feels like he's been forgotten about. He had 13 targets last week. Um, <laughs> like just didn't score the touchdown. So like didn't have like an against the jets defense. He had 11 catches for third, or like 11 catches for 140 against one of the best pass defenses in the league. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if they want CD lamb to go off in this spot, it, it's going to happen. So lo- love that call. The only other guy I want to mention is, is Jake Ferguson has had a pretty decent role at the tight end position. Um, four targets in a touchdown last week, seven targets in week one. Looks like he's very clearly the the top tight end option. I know they've got a couple of other guys that drafted somebody. Uh, Schoonmaker might take over eventually, but for now this is clearly Jake Ferguson's role. He's 3,600. Um, playing tight ends against Arizona has been a thing for a while, so cheap tight end. I'm I'm interested in some Ferguson too. And just kind of looking at like my first look rankings, like CD Lamb must be really fairly priced on FanDuel because I have him second in my wide receiver rankings this week for FanDuel. So um, check the FanDuel price. I, I don't have it up in front of me, but check the FanDuel price. And like we got to remember week one, the four catches for four targets, like they destroyed the Giants in that game. And it was a torrential downpour almost that whole game. So they didn't throw the ball a lot in general. Um, as bad as the Arizona defense is, Dak 6,600. Are we looking at Dak this week as like a pivot off of Pollard going like Dak, CD, Lamb, maybe Ferguson as like a three-man stack? Or do we feel like that's too cute and Arizona probably doesn't keep up enough to make that stack work? Yeah, my, my concern is that Arizona can't keep this game close enough. Um, it's it's certainly in play. I mean, I, there's definitely a path to to Dak doubles being being the things that takes down tournaments. Um I feel like I'll I'll just, I'll have more exposure to just CD Lamb by himself. 
Um, but I, I don't hate the Dak Devils. Arizona, 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 Arizona. Um, I mean, from a talent and role perspective, we love James Conner in general. Terrible spot for James Conner this week. Um, this is a really, really tough matchup for him. On on DraftKings, I have a ton of interest in Zach Ertz. Um, it's too cheap. I have a yeah, ton of interest in Zach Ertz. Like 18 targets through the first two games. Joshua Dobbs is not pushing the ball down the field. Zach Ertz might get 15 targets in this game. And I know that sounds like dramatic and oh, way too like blown out number. It's not. Like they check down so much that like Zach Ertz might be the highest scoring tight end on DraftKings this week. He probably doesn't score a touchdown but he probably gets six to 10 catches in this game and he's just, he's too cheap. Yeah. Too cheap for the target share that he has. Um, the, just the sheer volume is crazy for 3,500. Um, it's not an exciting play. He's not going to break off a big play. I don't know. Um, you just, you kind of just have to have some exposure because of the price. I think it's a decent fade in tournaments if he's super expensive. Or super high owned, I mean, which I think he, I think he's going to get too popular for our like my liking in this spot. But it's it's a tough fade because of that role that he's shown. What is your boy Justin Steele doing right now? Me and Justin Steele need to have a conversation. I haven't Sorry. even looked at it. Is he uh, getting beat up? He's he's he has six strikeouts. He he's right on his prop, but um, he needs to do his thing. Michael King got me my prop, and I just need Steele to get his prop, and then I'll hit my strikeout props for the day. Anyway. Um, Hollywood Brown, very involved last week. Arizona is going to be trailing so much in this game. Like they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit in this game. It's like the exact opposite of last week where they got up by the, what was it? 21, nothing at some point against the giants. And they just shut down the pass. Like they threw so well, like Joshua Dobbs looked <laughs> so good again. Like who are the giants playing every week? It feels like right now that defense struggling, but, um, I think Ertz and Hollywood Brown playable in tournaments. Um, and if you're playing Thursday night football, man, the 49ers, um, if you're playing Thursday night, like make sure you're playing a little bit of IU and Samuel um, and a little bit of Brock Purdy by a little bit. I mean, a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that game is going to be ugly too. Um, but anyway, all right, Keith, anything else to add on Arizona before we play the morning grind game? No, I don't have anything else. I didn't go back and look how we did week two. Um, I was traveling Sunday. I haven't gone back and looked. Um, quick glance here. Oh, man. ETN crushed me. Mayfield went off to Evans. Gino went off to Lockett. We had the right quarterbacks. Yeah, DK going down at the one killed me. Um, let's see. <laughs> the Falcons sucked out and came back and got the victory for me on the, the money line bet. Yep. Nailed the over in Seattle, Detroit. That that one, they put up like sixty five points, but <laughs> yeah. um, Lawrence did not do his thing. Yeah, we were. No. I mean, we had some good stuff. Um, was very high on ETN last week in the game. So, Steel, what are you doing? All right. Anyway, morning grind game. Let me pull up um, lineup HQ really quick because we like to look at ownership while we're doing this one. Give me a quarterback for three hundred plus passing yards this week. Way back to the beginning, I mean, this this Chargers-Minnesota game has the potential to go nuclear. I, I like Herbert in this spot. This Minnesota defense has been very attackable for years. If if they don't have Eckler again, they could just throw it all over the place. So, love the Chargers, love Justin Herbert. 
Yeah, I like that call um, a lot. Um, Man, I don't want to say Tua because I feel like I'm a homer. I don't want to say Patrick McCombs because that's not a take. He, If he doesn't throw for 300, I'm more shocked than if he <laughs> does throw for 300 this week. So, you know, I am going to go to the other side of your game and say Love Kirk it. Cousins um, yep. throws for 300 plus. Um, I, I expect Madison to get going a little bit more this week for sure, and I agree with you on your take on him. But, man, they have been so pass-heavy so far to start the season that I feel like it's hard for me to say, like, don't have interest this week or in Cousins. I kind of like him in DFS. We didn't talk about him a ton, but I, I like him in DFS this week. All right, low-owned running back for a touchdown. Again, it is Wednesday night, so ownership. Um, Jerome Ford, by the way, currently projected to have a massive amount of ownership at 4,800 for what it's worth. Um, and uh, again, Josh Vincent's in chat, Vikings traded for Cam Akers. I don't expect Cam Akers to play a lot this week. Um, learning a, learning a, um, playbook in a week is really, really tough in the NFL level. Yeah. Uh, running back for a touchdown, low owned running back for a touchdown. Who do you got? We currently have ETN projected for 4%. He's going to be more popular than that on Sunday, but it's like, it's a matchup against Houston. Like, I love this spot for him. Uh, if he stays under 10%, he's going to be one of my highest on running backs of the day. Yeah, you you started to, like, chat, like, say ETN, and I almost muted you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like that. What What's shocking a little bit to me this week is, like, Brian Robertson is getting ownership a lot more than I kind of expected. So he was he was the other backup that I had. But I'll go to, I'll go to Kenneth Walker for a touchdown this week. Um, he's projected for under 10% right now. Love so, that. yeah, we'll go with that. Give me a like, quarterback. There, there's so many cheap running backs that this this could yeah. like Jerome Ford getting all this ownership that just makes the Jerome Ford uh, fade in tournaments just that much more sweet. Like, I'm gonna I think we're this is gonna be a great work for, great week for tournaments if these ownerships hold. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, there's so much injury news like that comes out Friday Saturday that ownership's gonna be changing all over the place for sure. Week, so yeah. Uh, quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. I like that game down in Miami. I think that Miami is going to just put it to Denver early and uh, Russell Wilson is going to have to throw the ball a ton. Give me Russell Wilson to Jerry Judy. Yeah. I was like starting to write down to a, um, so I like that. <laughs> that too. I like that. No, <laughs> I like that too. Call. Yeah. I like that call a lot. Um, trying to go a little off the board today. Let me go. Let me go. CJ Stroud to Nico Collins uh, for a oh, touchdown maybe. this week. On um, fourth question, wide receiver for eight plus targets. Obviously, we're not going to say Jefferson or Hill or Allen. Those guys are automatics. Um, who do you got this week? Yeah, I, there's a super obvious one who I feel like you've you've been on. I'll let you have him. Uh, give me Michael Thomas. Uh, Fifty three hundred is still way too cheap for that role. Um, has had a, a huge target share here early. Thomas is the second guy I had written down, by the way. Okay, I bet you take the first do, that I had. Do you do you want do you do you want to guess who my number one was? Yours is Michael Pittman. Huh? Oh, I do like the Pittman call. <laughs> Pittman was not who I had written down. Interesting. I, have, right, I thought for sure that's who you'd have. I have Thielen written down as Love that my too. Yeah. um eight plus. Yeah, eight plus targets. Yeah, Thielen was my guy that I had written down. So. Pittman's had over thirty percent target share. Love, he's a he's a guy who should be a lock for eight targets too. Thielen is too cheap this week, and it, like he's projected as one of the highest on wide receivers this week. But I don't know if it's enough. Um, 
he opens up he opens up where you don't necessarily need to play Ford either. Um, and like me and you were talking about how we didn't really love Ford for tournaments. Um, I think I'd rather play Thielen. Tight end for a touchdown. We have a lot of options this week. Um, let's cross off Kelsey and Andrews. Let's go down a little bit. Um, who do you like at tight end to score a touchdown this week? Hunter Henry has scored in the first two weeks. He's had an awesome role for this Patriots offense. I, I love him again here this, this week against the Jets. I'm going to go against um, the Chiefs this week and say Cole Komet gets a touchdown this week. I is he's just he's so involved in this passing game, and if we are expecting the Chiefs to put it on the the Bears, um, really like this week for Cole Komet. Uh, defense, defense wins championships, or it used to. Uh, defense for ten plus points this week. Who do you got? I feel like the Chiefs are going to put the Bears in a hole and Justin Fields is going to have to throw the ball a lot more than they want him to. Um, there there could be a couple pick sixes in, in that spot. Uh, give me Kansas City. I like that. I'm going to go Cleveland, the Cleveland defense. And like kind of goes against what we were talking about with like Jerome Ford. But I, I, I think Cleveland just shuts down Tennessee this week. All right, we'll go to the betting portion of the game. Against the spread, money line. What is standing out to you here, um, betting wise this week? Give me the Patriots going to New York to take on Zach Wilson. Like two and a half points is not enough for like I know the Patriots are going to struggle to score points in this spot, but the Jets might not score at all with Zach Wilson at quarterback. They played the Philly, they they played the Eagles within five points, and they played Miami within a touchdown. So. They put up a good showing in two tough matchups. This is probably their best matchup of the season. Uh, Zach Wilson on the other side, not, not going to be able to put up much of a fight, I don't think. All right, I'm going to go New Orleans money line. Um, they're currently a two-point dog in Green Bay. They're on the road. Hate going into Green Bay, by the way. One of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Uh, Green Bay's fans are fin- phenomenal. That's like a bucket list uh, like stadium that I want to go to for sure. Like I want to sit in the snow in Green Bay one year for a game. So. Um, anybody that has Green Bay tickets, I want to fly me out to Green Bay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, give me give me New Orleans money line here. I, I think like the Saints are better than a lot of people are giving them credit for, and I think they have a chance to win this game outright. So I'm not even going to take the points. I'm going to take New Orleans uh, money line in this one. Uh, over under, over under bet. Uh, what do you got this week? Denver, Miami. Um, Denver gave up 35 points to Washington yeah. last week. Um, this Miami offense is not going to have any trouble scoring. The only question for me is can Russell Wilson keep up? But I, I love the over in this spot. Yep. Um, like this over a lot. And I think he does keep up for what it's worth. You know, I think the Miami, like I said, they have like brilliant plays and they're going to get better as they get healthier, but we're still weeks away from that defense being 100%. So um, love the over in this one. I'm going to be that negative Nancy again. I'm going to take another under this week. This didn't work last week. Um, the Jets and Dallas Cowboys game went over that really defensive touchdown. So cool. Um, give me Cleveland, Tennessee under 39 and a half. Um, two teams that like to run the football anyway. Two really good run defenses against teams that like to run the ball. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of punts in this game. Cleveland, Tennessee under 39 and a half this week is where I'm at. All right, going to a player prop that you like this week. Um, who who's standing out to you player prop wise? There's not a ton of them out yet. There's some. Uh, was there something jumping off the page for you? I did find one I like. Um, we talked about Algier just not going away for this Atlanta Falcons team. They're in a matchup in Detroit. I think Detroit is going to push their pace. 
they're still going to try to run early in the game. And Algier should have his usual workload here. Um, over 40 and a half rushing yards for Tyler Algier. No joke. Um, I wrote down mine. I always write down my bets specifically so I don't forget them. My bet that I wrote down was Bijan over 70 and a half rushing yards. So um, I just, the guy is so extremely talented. There's a couple books that have it, his like total yard prop at like 97 and a half. I like that too. Um, you can get the rushing and receiving yards for like 97 and a half. I think that he's going to have a very similar season to what we see like Christian McCaffrey in his prime where Bijan is getting four to eight catches a game and he's going over a hundred total yards um, weekly. So if you like the, if you don't love necessarily the rushing prop, I definitely like the spot for him to, um, and like, if you're worried about Atlanta getting up and Algier being the guy, uh, pick them prop. So pick them plays underdog um, prize picks sleeper. There's a ton of them out there. Um, is there a pick them prop that you like this week or pick them play? I should say. Yeah, uh, Tony Pollard has not had that explosion game yet. He has the explosion spot of all explosion spots this week against Arizona. Rushing prop is sitting, or rushing line sitting at 72 and a half yards. Give me the over on Tony Pollard against this terrible Arizona defense. So my first um, my first prize picks uh, play this week, I always do like an early week five pick them that I really like. And I took Pollard's over on um, his fantasy points on on prize picks so it was seven you said 70 and a half 72 and a half yeah same thing uh, <laughs> <laughs> you kind of expect him to do that i am gonna go to my boy nico collins this week and take more than 59 and a half receiving yards for him one of the mainstays so far wide receiver this season has been nico collins we talked about him a lot um 22 target share running a ton of routes just having a phenomenal season and Houston wants to run the ball because pre, he, he just can't get they can't get the running game going. So uh, I think they're going to be trailing in this game against Jacksonville on the road. Damian Pierce hasn't looked 100 percent yet. So give me give me Nico Collins to have another good week this week. Keith, we're done week three in the books. I have two more podcasts to go record now. Um, I have a NASCAR podcast to record here in about 10 minutes. If you are wanting some baseball thoughts, we'll be recording the baseball thursday night podcast around 10 p.m eastern back live on youtube for that um so come hang out with us if you haven't already subscribe to the roto grinders morning grind youtube turn on the notifications that way anytime we go live you know it keith week three final thoughts what do you got profits were have been rolling in through the first two weeks here let's keep keep it going with our third straight profitable week i think we have a a fantastic slate setting up for tournaments with all these injuries and and different situations that we got but should be a really fun slate here in week three yeah, we're, we're on a lot of the same stuff, so I feel like it's going to be a really good or really bad week for both of us this week. So um, obviously watch injuries as the week kind of unfolds. Hopefully the game-by-game breakdown that we give you guys helps, and uh, we'll be back next week, week four, last week of regular baseball season next week too. So we'll definitely be talking football more on the podcast um, in October before basketball gets started. So hope everyone has a fantastic week three. We'll be back next week. Good luck, and we'll see you then.